This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Everything is relationship and lovemaking. It is in our active looking and touching, smelling and licking, appreciating, praising and honoring the other through interactive, interconnected play, interpenetration and mutual receptivity, darkness and light, masculine and feminine, dynamic creativity without end, that magic happens and pleasure flows. The world becoming alive to itself including us alive to ourselves. Love is so much more than we think it is. We are love. What we want is to turn inside out. We want the big love that comes through the portal of our hearts to shine fully on the outside, to be not just something private, not just to be shared with someone we are intimate with, but something to be shared with everyone and everything. Turning inside out means allowing the mess, the bloody wetness of the inside of the body to show, for the truth of us to be seen, as it were, on the outside, to show our vulnerable confusion and fear. For there is no separation, no division. It is to be just like the movement of energy in our torus-shaped field, allowing that which is at our core to become visible outside. Fierce, uncompromising, honest, free, and wild. We are love. Valeria Tellez interviews Julia Paulette Hollenberry, the author of The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. Julia Paulette Hollenberry is a body worker, therapist, mystic, healer, and facilitator. For more than 25 years, she has guided countless clients into deep confidence and self-authority. She is passionate about sharing her lifelong love of the mystery, real sensual relationship, and the life of the body. Julia lives and works in London. Meet Julia at universeofdeliciousness.com. Here's the interview with Julia Paulette Hollenberry. In your own words, who is Julia Paulette Hallenbury? Hmm, a human being, a woman, a daughter, a sister, a mother, a friend, a lover, a healer, a teacher, an author, mm. a swimmer, a dancer, a painter, many things. Mm. How did you come to this understanding that we humans can be many things and not just one thing, or maybe not even the many things that we think we are? 
How did you get to this deeper understanding? Well, isn't it true that in each moment we are many things, many different things, and we tend to think we're only one thing, perhaps a job title or a family role, but we're all different in every moment, depending on the situation, depending on the people we're with, the weather, the light, what we've just had for lunch, how much sleep we had. I think we're all multifaceted and we're yearning actually for many different opportunities to express all the much that we are. I love your clarity. I'm speaking from a place where I read your book, some of your message there caught my attention very much. The book title is The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. Beautiful book. So my follow-up question, or one of the questions that I have here that I have planned, it's about joy and pleasure. Do you connect them somehow, Julia? Sure. I mean, all these lovely, delicious words like happiness, joy, pleasure, delight, enjoyment, they're all lovely. And when they happen, we know without doubt that we're happy, joyful, enjoying, pleasure. They are really what we live for. Mm. I think recently somebody said on the podcast that the purpose of life is to be happy. She used a different word, happiness. What do you feel is the purpose of life? Would you say happiness, joy, pleasure as well? I'm really reluctant to give one singular answer because I think for different people, it's many, many different things. It, perhaps we could best say that it's something that each person needs or has to find for themselves. And again, it's unmistakable when we find it, mm. the thing that we're living for. For you, was it a moment in time or this took time? It was a process. All many different aspects for me. I mean, I have made this big life journey from being unhappy, finding many things difficult, to finding my way. And that has been a slow process, a slow journey. And yet, as a child, I always knew I would write a book. So when decades later, it has happened, that is deeply, profoundly satisfying for me. Becoming a mother, amazing, wonderful, deeply satisfying. My wonderful relationship, deeply satisfying and enjoyable. <laughs> I, uh, you know, being outside in nature, mm, being creative in many different ways. Mm, yeah, I mean, when you're on your life path, when you're doing the right thing, is you feel it, you know it. That's, I think, the best thing I can say. It's like a moment-to-moment -moment experience of whatever we are getting to experiment, to play with, to dance with. I was just reflecting about this today. Like, you know, is there a destination for happiness? I don't know. Yeah, happiness is a moment, isn't it? Everything is a moment. Yeah, and we can miss the moment when we're so busy with our endless to-do lists and the stress and the pressure 
then we can miss the moment distracted by our devices, right? Mm, So true. You speak about this in a book. Yeah. Right. So in a way, we could say, yes, life is a series of moments, series of satisfying moments if we're lucky. And we can also create that luck by bringing our attention, as I write about, to the moment. And then it opens up truly for us into something more Yeah, this is something that's a challenge for some of us to grasp the idea of being in the moment. And I wonder why, though. Why is that so true for so many of us? Do you wonder why, too? I think it's the way that life is built at the moment. Many of us are shocked out of our bodies by trauma, by the unrelenting stress and distractions of modern life. It's easier to focus on surviving than it is to focus on being. So when we get the opportunity to go on holiday or to meditate or to go for a walk or sometimes even just take a shower, right, can be delightful and interrupt the pattern of non-stop frantic thoughts, then we can drop into the deliciousness of the moment. Mm. Do you believe that we can balance the doing and the being? Have you found that balance, Julia? I think so. Um, One of my favorite tools for that is what I call productive pausing. And it is literally interrupting the habit, the pattern of go, go, go. And then we can balance. But we have to remember it's like constantly reminding ourselves to pause, to stop, to interrupt, to drop, to be, to enjoy. Mm, I love that. (laughs) What a beautiful reminder right now, actually. (laughs) But there's a lot of pressure on all of us, you know, to, 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 to be this nonstop busy. So we have to choose maybe once a day, maybe 10 times a day, maybe once a week. It doesn't matter. But we have to choose. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I love the idea that we can be present to what is present. And that is what being a moment really is. Yeah, and it's so full of stuff. Right, <laughs> right? yeah. <laughs> it could be full of like, I'm looking out the window as I, as I, as we're speaking and I can see the glorious colors of sunset here. And I, I'm, I'm on the river, I'm on the canal right now on my boyfriend's narrow boat. So I can hear the sounds of, of boats and birds going past. So there's all that level of external information And then there's also the internal information. So for me right now, that's the warmth in my feet and the funny sensation in the crook of my elbow and mm, slight headache right now and enjoying our conversation. And so the moment, any moment is really rich in terms of what's possible to explore. Being in the moment isn't just one thing. How do you define spirituality these days or today in in this moment, Julia? What is spirituality to you? Gosh, humility, I think, is a large piece of it. Seeing ourselves as one tiny piece in the huge fabric of life. We all tend to be quite arrogant. So part of 
what spirituality can do for us is to enable us to have a a clearer perspective. You can also say it's to do with um, being grounded in reality and less in the anxious non-stop thoughts and to do with the feeling truth of a situation. It definitely takes courage to go deep and it's really rewarding. And there are many paths and teachers and books and films and hints and music that can lead us there mm, to yeah. transcendent moments. What would you call freedom when it comes to this adventure of being in a body or being the body, the human body? I'm touched by your question. I mean, it's no small thing to be ourselves, to be who we really are. You know, we can say it in a couple of words, but it's really the work of a lifetime to undo all the learnt conditioning and, again, habits of ways that we think that we need to be in order to please others, in order to survive. I mean, we all know it. And we all have a sense of who we really are on the inside. And getting to live that takes determination. So I can say that there is degrees of freedom. There's more and more freedom. I can speak for myself and my clients. I can see people more beautiful more handsome over time, more free, more able to access the good stuff. I don't know that there's a limit to it. So it's uh, another constant journey. It's fascinating how a lot of times we try to get somewhere, right? Even I have heard about spiritual materialism, that we try to get all this knowledge and we try to get somewhere as a place to stay and be forever. <laughs> but it's amazing to see that there's no destination. It's just a continuous, uh, I call it adventure. What an amazing adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the word adventure. And there are different stages on the journey. You know, in the beginning, somebody really may begin with books, right? There's lots of written knowledge and that can be exciting and and open doors and windows to to new horizons there can be phases of the journey where one is really self-obsessed you know and, and there is the delightfulness that comes as we become more embodied more free happier more joyful more pleasure i i i think the journey is complex not for each person takes many twists and turns finding the right teacher alone can sometimes be a real challenge there are there's a lot of falseness not everything that calls itself spiritual that's shiny is really true and nourishing and it's and there are great teachers and there are great truths and it is wonderful as we know enriching adventure i call it into the universe of deliciousness <laughs> yes i love when you say that <laughs> throughout the book of deliciousness that put a smile on my face every time i saw the word <laughs> that's very playful i love that and it's interesting how we speak of light and being light and 
being playful, they kind of go together. So light in, in a sense of elevation or elevated consciousness, and then being able to play with all this. So I see that in you. Thank you for being you, Julia, for being open to life. Oh, and you have to walk sometimes also through the dark night of the soul. You know, again, life and us are everything, are many things, Mm. not just one color Mm. or shade or texture or Mm. shape. Again, the title of your book is The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. What was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Julia? Well, one is, as I said, as a child, I always knew that I would one day write a book. So it was clear to me that it was something for me to do, that I needed to do, that I wanted to do. I wanted people to know that it is possible to heal and thrive no matter what their situation, that it's possible to find the right resources and find the way. And the answers are not in the head. The answers are in fully inhabiting the flesh, this sensual, embodied, emotionally intelligent way of being. I love that wisdom. That's transcendent. It's powerful, empowering. I mean, I tried for so many years to live from the head and up, not coming down to the body. It was something that was shameful, that was just not pleasurable, not fun. And I was so unhappy. Yeah, I lived through many unhappy, not easy times. And moving through that and finding all the good stuff, everybody can also make a similar, different, unique, but good healing journey. In the beginning of the book, you you actually say exactly that about the messiness of life. So you speak about how messy everything is. Pleasure is messy, you say. And then you also say, a mess is where we all begin. It really seems like everything has an order. Life is designed in a perfect way, but it's perfectly imperfect, right, Julia? That's what it is, really. I often say that, perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect. We can't know where we are. Sometimes I've been in the midst of difficulty, of crisis, of of despair, and then it has moved, shifted and changed and has been wonderful. We can't see the arc of life. We can only be in that moment, right? And when it's difficult, we have no idea of what life has planned ahead for us or has led us through in order to be ready for. So there's a section in your book that you say, under the invisible world, beyond this tangible, immediate reality is a deeper reality. It is the magical and mysterious, invisible and magical world. It is no less real than the material world. It goes back to this dance, right, Julie, of both worlds being able to see and not see at the same time and be okay with it. We live in a world that is about definitions and labels and measurements 
and material. And people will say, you know, we'll knock on something to prove that it exists. Material reality is real, but it's not the only reality. And in the, if you like, over-masculinization of life, we have dismissed the more feminine aspects of life, the invisible, the feeling aspects of life, the intuition, the instincts, the realm of the body, the realm of knowing our own deep wisdom. So all of that belongs in the invisible world, that sense of belonging to and trusting in the greater goodness that surrounds us all. That can't be labelled or measured or defined. Mm. Is it changing? Do you feel like our reality, our shared reality here, it's changing in the sense of becoming more feminine? I I think that we are I mean, when we say this, I need then to to sketch out the arc yeah. of history, right? So <laughs> yeah. we began with, as you know, that's in the book, right? So we began in very ancient times where the feminine was venerated and respected. The goddess, women, girls, the earth, the body, they were all respected and appreciated. And we've been in a very... Um, since since the beginning, you could say, of organized religion, we've been in a more masculinized paradigm where the masculine ways of doing things have been what has been most respected, the visible. And now it seems to me that we are in a place where we have the opportunity to rebalance, where people can see that, if you like, the old isn't working and something new, fresh, different is required. And I think this is to do with finding the balance between everything, between conventional medicine and alternative medicine, between material reality and feeling reality, between, you know, I I can go on and on, right? But it is about including all aspects of ourselves rather than denying certain aspects of our lives, of ourselves, of our bodies in our attempt to be efficient and fast and stressed and all the things, right? When we include all aspects of ourselves and of life, life actually flows better. It is in more balance. Again, the left and the right, the up and the down, the light and the dark, you know. Mm. Mm. We live in a world of polarities and finding that balance is deliciousness again. What a beautiful vision to come to that place. You see, but it's not a place, right, Julia? That balance that you speak of, it might be knowing how to return to it many times, moment by moment, and not just a place to stay. I don't see balance as a static place. We have to keep rebalancing ourselves. We know. We have to bother. We have to care. It's called self-love, self-care. We have to do it for ourselves. The seven medicines in your book, I know I don't want to disclose all of them, but I would love for you to talk to me for a moment about one that very much relates to the embodiment that you just spoke of, which is um, medicine to body, the medicine of embodiment. So talk to me for a moment about that some more, Julia. I know you have so many practices for that in the book. 
Well, the body is really where our life is lived. It matters. It's where we experience life. It's our home. We need to be fully relaxed in order to really notice that we've got arms and legs and a back and a belly and a head and a face. (laughs) Yeah. Uh It's so simple and yet we have to relearn to come back to our bodies. The body is the site, yes, of our pain, of our hurt, but it's also the site of our pleasure and our wisdom. Our power lies within our embodied whole state of being. When we're divorced from our bodies, separated, split, fragmented, we feel the loss. When we are in contact with the sensation in all the different aspects of our body, in our knees, in our buttocks, in, you know, every body part, we are in contact with our, again, moment by moment response to what's happening. And that gives us relevant information. Yes, I like this person. No, I don't like this person. I want to go left. No, I want to go right. I want more of this. No, I don't want more of this. It's essential to be in good contact with our body. And the body is the most amazing piece of choreography, physiology. I used to say, you know, I can bake a cake, but I couldn't make a baby. A baby is made within us. And so many of the sophisticated functions of our body, I think it's wonderful, wonderful. What I know is that being in contact with the body is good for us, really. We're supposed to live in our body, as body. What a beautiful reminder. Thank you for saying that, because that is so true. We we often forget that we have a body. (laughs) I had a boyfriend once who told me, after we'd been dating for a while, he said, oh, I was in the shower, I just discovered I've got legs. (laughs) do forget in a sensate way <laughs> so that they've true. got a body. It is with the mind that we come to deeper understandings, right, Julia, that we are beyond the body. We are not just the body, that there is the invisible world. Like when I think about trust, that I trust, I'm trusting life, that being in the body or the body, it's okay. That's how whatever happens, whatever it's here to be appreciated or to be experienced, it's okay. So who am I trusting? So that trust is coming from a place beyond the body. I don't know. To me, it's all body, the physical (laughs) body that we live in, the body of the earth. And I love what you just said. And it felt like, in a way, none of us have been or few of us have been loved enough, welcomed enough, accepted enough, been told that we're just right exactly as we are. And when we are really seen and really heard and touched just right, then we relax and can really fully enjoy being body. And all the things that you talk about as being beyond body, in the end, we experience them through 
through our own body. There are seven medicines. One of them you titled the body. Uh, the first one is slow, uh, which is the medicine of slowing. And then that has to do with pausing. Then depth, relationship, pleasure, power, potency. Yeah, that would be the last one. I love the question you ask, Andrew. Potency, the medicine of aliveness. You say, can you think of any opposites in your life that you can practice unifying? That mm. caught my attention, that question. That's a beautiful question. We, oops, we taught, sorry, I just lent on something. It moved slightly. Um, we taught to analyze and divide, to split things in two. I like him and I don't like her or whatever, right? That isn't the whole truth of life, of being, of existence. And mm, it's not really helpful for us to keep dividing experience into two separate things. A kind of magic happens when we are able to sense, experience, notice, love, bring together opposites. It is unifying, it's neutralizing, it is vitalizing. It could be it could be anything really. You know, we tend to let's say gravitate towards the person we think is the most popular person in the office or the classroom. What about also including the least popular person in inverted commas, right? Befriending that person bringing together two different sensations in your body at the same time, including two diverse aspects or experiences. And even as we talk about this, I don't know if you're aware of it, but I can feel a real softening, a gentling, a stilling. It's very beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So true. And it's very simple. I think that's, you just defined what love is. So it is constantly unifying everything. That might be the true definition of love. I do ask the question, as I mentioned off record. How can you describe love? And we all have different ways of describing what love is. But in the end, that's what it is, isn't it? It's unifying everything. I love the section in your book under... Join me in living this. I mean, everything you say there, life is loving us deliciously. That's the title of one of the passages, and you have many of them. Relational deliciousness, collective deliciousness, global deliciousness. I love them all. <laughs> in the end, I love that. I think it's a poem that you have written, isn't it? Love, loving, love. I love that. Of course, I keep saying the word love too. And there's something that you wrote that caught my attention. You said, I trust deeply in the goodness of life, of life loving life, life making love with life through me and through you all the times, whether we rationally get it or not. Right. That caught my attention immediately <laughs> because it is so true. I mean, resonates true within the heart. Right. So you were talking about love a few moments ago. And that is love, allowing the love, being the love, letting the love move us, being loved. 
Yes, yes, yeah. That is uh, something that most of us, not just women, men too, we have a hard time doing, receiving love. Mm. I notice that being open to love, to receive, that is so much more challenging than trying to give love in the way that we think we are, we are doing that. Sometimes it can be just in the caress of a finger, love, loving what we're touching. It's opening to receiving love is the key to entering the realm of pleasurableness and the universe of deliciousness. It is the feminine way, being passive, receptive, being a woman rather than analyzing and judging and dividing from the head. And again, it is the simplicity, as you say, of the heart. Oh my God, Julie, so true. It's really lovely. You know, I'm on the canal and as we're having this conversation, the sun has set and now the sky is just beautifully pale blue with these lovely clouds and the ripples of the light on the water and the sound of the birds. And it feels a part of our conversation and atmosphere. Thank you so much, Julia. Again, for being open to life, for being life itself, communicating these profound messages. You know, there is none of us, not one of us, that is not being loved by God all the time, not being loved by life, not being welcomed, not being part of the dance. Do you connect healing to authenticity and spirituality? Are they all connected? I think they are connected. And of course, we're all on different journeys. So what needs to be healed for each of us is at a different depth. Some of us just need a shoulder to be healed. Some of us need our whole lives to be healed, right? But in the end, all of healing takes place through relationship, through presence. could call it love, right? What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body? I don't know that I can say, because I do think it's different for each person. I wish that each person finds their delicious, delightful, sexual, intimate pleasure. I wish that each person finds their peace, within themselves of self-love and self-acceptance and confidence. Mm. And I wish that people live and enjoy living kindness with each other. Beautifully said again. I love your wisdom, everything about it, everything about you. It just communicates love. Thank you so much again, Julia, for your presence in our reality. Thank you very much. Thank you. And before we say goodbye today, for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, your books, products, services, and future projects? The book is available everywhere books are sold, The Universe of Deliciousness. Oh, no, I got confused. My website is theuniverseofdeliciousness.com. I teach the book. Um, of course, in individual sessions and in 
group workshops. So you can find everything universeofdeliciousness.com. I am on social media. And the book, The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being is available everywhere that books are sold. Wonderful. I'll have the link of your website on your podcast profile too. Thank you again, Julia, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Julia Paulette Hollenberry and her work, please visit universeofdeliciousness.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.